speaking of Greg Olson, I think he is outstanding. Uh, you have been in this business for a long time. You've you've done color, studio, field, yeah. everything. Uh, what do you think about Olson as a color analyst? In fairness, if you would have asked me this question four years ago, I would have said he's extremely raw, has a long way to go, um, didn't seem overly comfortable. Uh, now you ask me the question, I think he's one of the most improved in-booth analysts that we have working today. Um, he just, I think he committed to it. I think he studied himself, probably worked with some talent coaches in terms of, you know, identifying pauses, pregnant pauses, when silence is your best friend, um, you know, following the bouncing ball of what the, the play-by-play guy tees you up on, knowing when to lay out, like all of these different things that oftentimes, you know, as analysts, we just kind of learn on the fly where play-by-play guys and studio hosts, they went to school for this stuff. Like you always hear guys about Syracuse or Missouri oh, or Northwestern sure. or Arizona State, and, you know, they've been taught this stuff. This is part of their undergraduate degree. It's part of the work that they've learned how to do it. We didn't go to school for that. You know, like I, I came into this from coaching, and next thing you know, you're you're learning all the phrases and all the different things that are so foreign to you, and then you kind of just – figure it out as you go along. And and I think that from Greg Olson's perspective, his improvement, I think, has been remarkable over the last three to four years. I can remember – I remember him doing the XFL in 2020. I was like, oh, man, I, this is my personal opinion. I was like, he's got a long way to go. Right. And then now I wouldn't say that at all. Be interesting to see if Tom Brady actually takes the job. I'm not convinced he does because when you're Brady and worth hundreds of millions of dollars – I don't know if he wants to make that 20-week run because you don't have to. It, it may have sounded good at the time. Obviously, he can opt out. You think Brady actually takes over? You, you think he goes, you know what, that, that sounded good, but I've got you know 25 different businesses and I can go to Europe yeah. whenever I want and the Caribbean. What do you think? I, I think a lot of it depends on how much of his free time does he want to be infringed upon, right? I mean, because it is if you're going to be good at it and you're going to really commit to it, you're, it's going to take time, just like anything else. And I don't think Tom Brady, with his work ethic and his approach, knows any other way. So if he were to do it, he's going to know that I can only do it one way if I'm going to be any good at it, and that's going to take time. And you're now weighing at this point in your career where you never have to work another day in your life. And do you want to commit to that, or do you want to go, you know, play around in the Amalfi Coast? You know, I mean, I, I – I can tell you what I do, but I, you know, I'm already, I'm already, uh, I've been doing this now for uh, going on 20 years. Um, and if somebody said, Hey, um, you're good, dude, you're, you're set for life. Uh, go do what you want to do. <laughs> I don't know if I'd keep working if I had to. Sure. Sure. All right. Let's switch. Let's switch gears to college football. ESPN college football analyst, Tom Luganville on the out of bounds show brought to you by farm bureau insurance, bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. As Jake Mangum tells us, go local, go with the home team. Uh, Lugs, who will – we were debating this last week. We had some fun with it, and our listeners liked it. Um, who is going to be the next coach in college football to win a national championship that doesn't have one? And so we were going through um, DeBoer and Ryan Day and Nor- – I'm not going to list them all, but Norvell – Brian Kelly, and, you know, the list goes on and on here. Um, 
is there a coach that you look at what they're doing and maybe where he's been and he's learning and he's getting the chops going? You know, who would you pick as the next guy to win, win it all, that hasn't won it? It might be Steve Sarkeesian. If you consider what the program has become under his leadership in a short period of time and the resources at his disposal, the expansion of the college football playoff and the timing of that, he would probably be at the top of my list. Because I'm when you ask me that question, I don't think it's an answer that's only exclusive to the coach, right? It's got to be exclusive to lots of things and other factors that give you a chance. I would also say probably Brian Kelly is up there just because he has won so many football games. And, you know, to me, that's, that's a, a, a telltale sign of a guy that has won a national championship, has played and coached in big games, they have the resources financially to do it. Um, but I also think this is so interesting, this question you asked, because because of the NIL and the transfer portal, the answer to this question is so much more convoluted because there's other factors at play that didn't used to be a part of the equation, right? Like, let's just say seven, seven years ago, the answer to this question would be like, okay, who's the best coach at the school with the most resources? And that's kind of it, right? There, there, there sure. are other areas that came into play. Well, now, now there are. And how do you navigate those areas? Like, so for, for example, I could easily say Mike Norvell with an answer to that question because of how we've seen him navigate the transfer portal, which enabled them to flip that roster so quickly that he all of a sudden has a variable that wasn't available five, six, seven years ago. I mean, take a look at Florida State this past, these past two years. Look at every single player that has been an impact marquee player that has transformed that program under his leadership. Almost everyone to a man is a transfer portal guy. Right. Trey Benson, all right, Jordan Travis, Johnny Wilson, Jaheen Bell, Keon Coleman, Jared Burse, Braden Fisk. I could go on and on and on. And all of a sudden, they're 13 and up. So to me, like, yeah, this is a long-winded answer to your question, but I don't think it's as simple because there are factors at play that didn't used to exist. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. 
Thank you, Z-Biotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, Tom Lugan, Bill on the Out of Bounds Show. Um, I agree with the factors that you're referencing. And then we got the new format, which then kind of flips back. Like I agree, Florida State, maybe Ole Miss, maybe some, uh, uh, maybe another team or two can do this. Although Florida State recruits better, but but Ole Miss is, you know, they're around 20. But then yeah. where do you rank them with their transfer portal hall? So I agree with that. So th- yeah. there's a new way and a new path. However, then I flip it back. The expanded playoff still plays in favor of the teams with more dudes, right? Georgia, Absolutely. LSU, Ohio State. So I think it's going to be fascinating. Like, can Norvell and Lane find a path? Obviously, Norvell has an easier path because of the ACC. But but can they find a path and actually, if they don't get a bye, after the wear and tear of the season, can you win a playoff game, then win another playoff game, then win another playoff game and possibly be facing a blue blood of Georgia or Ohio State, Luke's, who got that bid? And on paper, they have more four- and five-star players and a little more depth. Yeah, you're going to run out of gas. And I've been saying that from day one. This is... This is going to take a, a healthy, deep, talented roster with a combination of luck, health, and those are going to be the guys that are standing. I mean, if you look at it, like when, when people – I look at it just from a recruiting perspective, okay? And we've, we've done the numbers on this, and people – you know, we can debate, you know, rankings and, and class rankings each and every year. And, and listen, there's paper champions in every sport, right? But – I will say this, of the last five teams to win the national championship or the two teams who have played in the national championship game all right, in the last five years, all of them had an average of a top ten recruiting class ranking over the span of that time. Nobody played for it and nobody won it that wasn't inside the top ten. So there is validity to how well you recruit amongst your top-tier peers, one through ten, because ultimately those are going to be the other rosters that are going to be there standing in the end. Um, you know, and then you add in the conference championship game, Tom. So yeah. it, it's, I don't know, it's a double-edged sword. Like Ole Miss has a great schedule this year. Could they go 11-1? and one? Maybe. They, they do have to play at LSU and Georgia at home. Um, but, I mean, this could factor into Georgia, BAM, LSU, and then other other conferences, Clemson, Florida State, Ohio State, so on. Um, but if you play 12th and you play the conference championship game and you don't get a bye, then you play on December 20th, which is a quick turnaround after getting beat up all year. If you do get a bye, you get one more week. But you would think that the majority of the time it's going to be back where we started. The Georgia's, Ohio State's type programs are going to be the ones with the byes, Right. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like we're having this conversation, and I say this to people all the time. I was like, you better start doing the math, man, because, like, 
this this isn't closing the gap of competition. This isn't making it. This isn't creating more parity. At the end of the day, we might be allowing more access, but the path to get there for teams that aren't sustainable when it comes to depth and talent is going to be down near impossible to navigate. So yeah, to your point, are we going to have more games? Are we all going to love that? Absolutely. Could somebody get hot early and knock somebody off? Of course, that's that's going right, to right. But at the end of the day, like you said, you're going to have to play, then you have to play again, then you're going to have to play again, only to have the right to potentially play for a national championship. And how do you like go talk to FCS coaches? Now I do those FCS playoff games. Mm-hmm. And those teams start to you start to work through the what they have to navigate on a weekend and week out basis and how long that season is. That's the reason why after the semifinals at the FCS level, which is a week before signing day, they don't play their championship game until the end of the first week in January. <laughs> they need a break. Right. And they only got sixty three scholarship players instead of eighty five. Yikes. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, so we're losing, you know, we're losing the Heisman Trophy winner in Jaden Daniels. And we lose KJ to Central Florida, which he could rip that league up, Luke's, with Malzahn and, and the way that they, I don't know, however you want to run the numbers, do or don't play defense in the Big 12. Um, darts back. So as you look around the league, is it dart period as far as, you know, the most talented guy returning, you know, how do you, I know it's early, but, but how do you handicap SEC QBs here? Um, as we head into spring ball in a few weeks. Well, I think, you know, the conversation begins with the debate between Carson back and, and, you know, Jackson Dart. But they're also two very, very different players that are also in very different styles of offense. Uh, but I think the conversation begins there. I mean, that's kind of where it has to begin. Um, I would then put Jalen Milrow in the discussion right behind them because I still think he's not in either of those two players' class as a passer just yet. He's clearly the most dynamic, imposing athlete and runner um, that we may see not just in the SEC but in college football from a, from an athletic perspective at the quarterback spot, which is going to be interesting to see how Kalen DeBoer utilizes that because that's not what he's been playing with going back to Indiana, Fresno State, and Washington. Right. So, um, no, I, you've got Kentucky's got one of the the, the Georgia kid transfers uh, that that went in there. South Carolina, we don't know yet. Uh, Florida could be playing with a true freshman in DJ Lagway. Mm. Uh, so we don't know, you know, there yet. Um, Mississippi State, listen, I'm not saying he's going to play, but I love Michael Van Buren to be in the mix, the true, the true freshman. Uh, I just think that was a really good sign uh, for, for Jeff Levy. And you like Shapin uh, if he stays healthy, right? Yeah, really like Shapin if he stays healthy. But that's, again, the biggest word in sports, right? If. And, and that's been an issue for him. Um, and then you look at Arkansas. I don't know. We don't. I don't think we know quite yet. So it, it's it's a three man discussion, in my opinion. We don't know yet with Auburn, uh, but I think it's Carson Beck, Jackson Dart, and then Jalen Milrow. 
All right, one uh, we got maybe one or two more. Uh, the team to me that's going to look like they know what they're doing for the first time in a long time, and we're going to see vast improvement. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to the college football playoff, but they're going to be really good. And we've kind of just now gone, they'll never win. Mike Elko's a grown-up. He is a heck of a football coach. Uh, Connor Wigman can play. And they are going to be much improved this year. And you're going to see it on the field and in the win column. Tom, that's my... I don't disagree with that. I think what's interesting to me in that whole entire scenario there is will they become a better team because of the players that left the program? Meaning that I think in this new age of where we're at with name, image, and likeness and all these different things, there's who really wants to be there? Who's there for the right reasons? Who's there to win and compete for a championship? And I think that the moment there's a coaching change and, you know, there's a market value out there, if a guy really wants to play football at Texas A&M, then he doesn't go in the transfer portal, right? But the ad guys do that. And it doesn't mean they're bad people, bad kids. But you know what? I bet you a lot of those discussions were mutual. You know, you – Listen, it's probably best if you do this. We're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. I know those conversations happen all the time. Um, but I would expect them to be improved. Um, I think Connor Wigman is really, really good. But, damn, I need to see him go through an entire season. Right. Right? And so do they. So do they. I do think A&M is going to be much improved. I mean, much improved. They've got an adult as a head coach, as we've talked about. Again, there's not a lot of sex appeal there. For, for Mike Elko, but, you know, he's just a ball coach, but the dude can flat out coach, and and I expect Texas A&M to be a lot better. Um, they start the year with Notre Dame, Jason. Oof. They got a... That's not fun. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got a manageable schedule for sure. You know, we talked about old. It's not. It's not as easy as Ole Miss, but it's manageable. The Notre Dame thing throws them off. Ole Miss plays Wake Forest. Yeah, uh, but then, you know, A uh, and M and Texas at the end of the year. That's a big time elite recruiter. LSU. They do pull LSU. That's an elite recruiter. Is that it? Yeah. Well, no. They may rival. I mean, it's, it could be a little bit closer. Uh, uh, what is the LSU and Texas are their two toughest game and at Auburn, not an elite recruiter, but a good recruiter. Well, Hugh did knock down the number seven class. They made a run there that last 24 hours. They're not composite over four years elite, but that is considered a, a elite class that freeze was able to put together in his first year. So, no, no doubt, and the staffing. I mean, yeah. he. I mean, I give him. I mean, he pulled Derek Nix. I, I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. I mean, Nix had been at Ole Miss for sixteen years. I, I just, I, I didn't see it happening. And I guess the offensive coordinator title was too enticing, and Kiffin wasn't willing to go there, which really surprised me, considering Nix is by far and away the most successful assistant coach in the state of Mississippi the last twenty years, and just every everything, all the guys he's been the lead guy on. 
recruiting-wise. I mean, there's too many to name, but it is a bunch of them. And then the fact that Bartu had him highly rated as both a running backs coach and a wide receivers coach, it's rare you get that, Jason, that you get somebody who's really good on the field and really good as a recruiter. Yeah, that's a good point. And and now, but but I didn't know, and good for Derek Nix, he has aspirations, I think, to be a G5 coach. And good for him. You know? I mean, you know, if he goes down to Auburn and they win, which they just landed the number seven class in the country, uh, really, Freeze is just a quarterback away. I mean, he took Georgia and Bama down to the last minute playing with, you know, just kind of a, a worn-out Band-Aid and, you know, some gauze pad. Uh, <laughs> he It just, you know, so he's, he was hovering around the two big dogs in year one with nothing. Um, so I expect them to, but that could be a hell of a game. You know, A&M at Auburn, that's, that could be a war. So I go A&M schedule, Jason. I go the, the toughest game they have is, is it LSU or Texas? I'm going to go, I'm going to go LSU one. Ooh, LSU over Texas. And then I don't know though. The Auburn games on the road, LSU and Texas are at home, but those are the three LSU at home, Texas at home at Auburn. Yeah. They go to Mississippi state, October 19th. That's not awesome that Levy pulled um, LSU, Georgia, and A&M in year one. But no. He, he pulled he pulled Texas too, right? Yes. Yeah, because State got Texas, Ole Miss got Oklahoma. At home. Dogs go on the road. Wow. That is a brutal schedule for Mississippi State at Texas, at Georgia, A&M at home, and then I guess the other one that's brutal is, well, both, at Tennessee and at Ole Miss, because Ole Miss has never been better. I mean, they're riding high. They, they're they even higher than 2015, Breeze, and, and Ole Miss. All right. Uh, Super Bowl facts. we got a couple of minutes here. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Rick's Pro Truck and Gluckstadt. Speaking of Notre Dame, in A&M playing, please let Casey at RPT and Gluckstadt know that you will be cheering for the Aggies over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl spending. What do you think? Uh, this survey here on NRF showed that uh, found that a record 200 million people plan to tune into the big game. 112 million plan to throw or attend a party, including Ooh. Jason. And another 16-plus million plan to watch the game at a bar or restaurant. Total spending on food, drinks, apparel, decorations, and other purchases for the day is expected to reach a record $17.3 billion this Sunday. Whoa. I, you're, they say that we are going to spend an average of $86 north of, really. $86 per person. Wow. So, what? Yeah, we're supposed to spend over $17 billion. Food, drinks, apparel, decorations, and purchases. I think that even... No, that wouldn't... 
that doesn't count gambling. No way. Yeah, um, I was about to say. I, I was going to say there's probably that much money on the coin toss. Yeah, itself. <laughs> that's I, right. I'm kind of feeling heads this year. What do you think? Uh, this might be 2024. Might be a heads kind of year. I don't know. 200 plus million plan to tune into the game, and with this Taylor Swift thing, and the fact that we're going to have even more women, female-driven ads. Three of them that I saw this morning. Mm-hmm. I saw you bookmark that. Uh, but it was already gaining eyeballs, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I do think that there is that element of Taylor Swift even bringing more people. Over 200 million people plan to watch the game. Jeez. In Las Vegas, and you got the Chiefs versus the 49ers. We'll have some more, you know, nuggets and info for you throughout the week. How many wings people will consume, how much guacamole ribs, rotel, chips and dip. I can't wait. I definitely want wings. I want the rotel that Wendy makes. And I want some ribs. I haven't had ribs in a while. And uh, so I may have to go to Fleetway Market in the Market Cafe in Glugstad in about an hour and get a slab or two of ribs just to get ready for the Super Bowl. We'll see you tomorrow.